So hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Wood. So welcome to another episode of Adventures in Wubu. In this episode we're going to get the results of the remote viewing game that we started last week with my friend Spud from the comedy cast. He went off into the wilderness of Poland and we tried to work out where he was using our psychic powers or our remote viewing techniques. And I have to say some people got really really close so that was very good and exciting so watch out for that coming up. We're also going to talk a bit about the half-peeled orange game that became so popular in CMG over the years that it's become its own kind of meme. And so some people don't know what it is, some people are sick to death of it, and uh, some people, you know, might get a kick out of it and might want to do it because it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's a really good kind of practical, magical exercise that uh, is worth trying. Then if you're a patron level 2 or above, you get the study notes at the end, which is another half hour where we're talking about Libra Null. It's the last uh, segment, the last episode, where we will be doing Libra Null. We've gone through the entire thing from start to finish. And next week we'll be starting a new book, which is, drumroll please, The Quickening with Stuart Wilde, as voted by good people of Patreon. So um, if you want in on that, then now is the time. Jump in on uh, Patreon. You can just uh, go to adventuresmovie.com and you will find all the details there. So let's get into this show. So last week we did our second remote viewing game. The first game that we did involved me drawing something and putting it in an envelope. We kind of felt that was a bit too more... ESP'd in actual remote viewing per se. Even Ingo Swan himself said, if I want to know what's in an envelope, then I'll open the envelope. So this was more about actually remote viewing an area or a target, something that actually happened or uh, was an actual location. So what I got to do was, uh, what I got uh, was a friend of mine to do, is to go to a lo uh, location near kind of where he lives at a particular time or tell us the particular time that he got there at and then we would remote view that location. So the friend was Spud from the comedy cast and uh, he set out from his home in Poland and he uh, went to a place at 9.33am on the 16th of March 2019 and we had a number of people then remote viewing that situation including myself and here's a little bit of me and what I came up with. It's an abandoned place that was once a place of industry, but is now kind of run down, derelict, empty, and has uh, still signs of humanity, but from years ago. So that's my guess. So other than my guess, or my remote viewing, we had a number of other people, and I'll just go through what people said. Um, I have it written here, so please excuse me that I'm looking down and not directly at you, dear watcher, listener, or whatever way. <laughs> well, if you're listening, you don't really care where I'm, my eyes are pointing. So, uh, dear viewer. Thomas Bjorge, fortunately I drew this before I saw your illustrations because of the, his illustration that he sent me, I will put up here, um, it's, uh, it's kind of similar to what I did and he had seen, um, he's saying that he did this before he seen mine, so you know that's a, kind of a cool thing. Um, fortunately I drew this before I saw your illustrations for your own remote viewing, perhaps I remote viewed your remote viewing rather than the actual place, and maybe so because it is quite similar to the drawing that I did. Um, so that's an interesting kind of thing, but as you'll see, 
probably not that accurate to the actual place. Bet Wells. In remote viewings to the game too, I saw him at the edge of the woods or park, like where you have a low wooden fence fencing barrier between the car park area and the entrance to the woods. But I was aware it was just my instinctive imagination rather than a genuine RV vision. Well, I think, rather to, don't dismiss that kind of thing, but I, th- I think a lot of what the RV kind of tips and tricks are is to not overthink it and just go with this kind of initial impression that you got you get which it seems to be what you've uh, done there bet but i know you know what you're talking about so when you say it wasn't a proper rv thing then i'm just going to take your word for it but for other people listening in you know that might not be the case with you the thing that is your uh, first impression whether it makes sense or not is probably a good thing um as you'll see bet there's kind of some hits there so that that's pretty good Levy D. Never done a learned remote viewing, but it feels like a brick building with an old school awning. Like a pub or something, like a scene from the movie Snatch. So, um, we will see if you're right or not. <laughs> Bruce Liu. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, uh, Bruce, or not, so uh, please let me know. Um, because I'm obviously getting mixed up with Bruce Lee probably too much, which I'm sure you're sick to death of that you've probably had your entire life. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm uh, unique and original here. Concerning a friend Spud, I saw him at a crossroads... Like standing by street signs, so I'm by that I'm picturing you know like a city street, um, busy kind of center, typical kind of New York kind of thing. That's what I have in my head. May not be what you are. Either way, not really a hit, as we will see. Bex Francis says a black and white photo of an apple. Not really a location unless Spud was holding up a black and white photo of an apple, and um, that's probably not what uh, Spud would ever do. But uh, thanks for playing, and uh, you know, as I say, even if it doesn't make sense, then you were right to put that down as your your guess or your remote view. Frank and friends. Uh, this is a guy, or I assume a guy going by Frank, um, but and friends. So there could be many genders, or no genders could be all fluid. Who knows? Um, and this is from our remote viewing on Reddit. So these are uh, I posted the video up or a clip of the video. Um, on Reddit in the actual remote viewing section to see people who have practiced it and know it would they get a good kind of hit or a good read on this type of thing and this was the first that came back um, sure I might as well I'm still learning but was just practicing and got a good few hits so maybe this is one we'll get uh, close to what I get is Spud walking on a tan coloured path like a footpath near a stream or somewhere else that is sort of nature city area Maybe there's a railing there as well. I did get something a bit like uh, the mine entrance that I got, your cave mine drawing, as an initial reaction, like some sort of archway and columns. So more built than a mine entrance. But I did get stone with it as well. It's mostly sunny when he was there. I haven't checked the weather to confirm if this is Kate or not, but I guess I should. And then whenever he... Whenever he has had a fair bit of shadow as well. So wherever he's at has a fair bit of shadow as well. But I got a sense of sharper contrast in that. It's a public place, but just not really busy at this time. I got the sense of a scenic area. I also get a feeling that maybe there was a hospital or other large structure nearby. I got a feeling of something that smells sterile like cleaning products, but with a large window when people were working there at the time. I know you got a mine or factory. Maybe that's the same thing. I'm not right next to him, but within a couple of hundred meters or so. So plenty of kind of scope there. Fingers crossed. And Frank and Friends, as you will see, that's... Me and well, well, I'll not give it away. I'll say nothing. Derek Cook. Fog cliffs or rocky hills, a barn or similar building. Farm, maybe. Green fields, industrial farm, maybe. So, again, um, uh, another kind of 
approach to this kind of thing. So a truth seeker with a W, again this is from the Reddit from the remote viewing, uh, came with uh, I've been having a busy week, uh, lucky good busy and not much practice but here's what I got. Not a lot. I got also the dirt path with dead plants alongside and it did remind me of walking near through farmland. I was also of course outside, Sunday, windy, cooler and uh, walked into an area that was hilly. It appeared to me to be a hill of stones, rock and dirt, rural area with some trees and mostly dead vegetation around. I got it was an open area, a little isolated with no other humans around. The rock stones did appear to contrast with everything else in the local area but they did not get the cave or where the rock stones come from. Just that they were there and could have been natural with plant life around or put there years ago. In summary, hopefully I picked up a few basic characteristics of the location. So now what we're going to do is I'm going to cut to Spud himself and he's going to show you the actual location where he went. So hello everyone, it's me again, Spud Murphy, how's it going? Uh, so yeah, you've had a week to think about where I was going to be, but uh, I recorded this on the same day. Let me just uh, show you here now. Okay Google, uh, what is the time and date? I always feel like I should say please. So let me show you here. Now hopefully you can see that. It is 9.33 on March the 16th. Uh, let me show you that again. Hopefully you can see that. Um, so I told you last time that I live in Cheshire. It's on the border with uh, Czech Republic and Poland. I live on the Polish side. On the Czech side it's called Czeski Cheshire, which means Czech Teshin. It used to be Czech many, many years ago. I'll tell you more about the history in a bit. Uh, this building behind me is the old uh, Jewish synagogue and uh, I'm gonna show you around that and around the old uh, cemetery as well. So I hope a few of you got it. Uh, there's lots of trees here, big old trees. Um, they kind of reach up to, into the heavens. I really like that. And uh, so maybe some of you will have will have picked up on that. And maybe some of the pillars that we'll see in some of the gravestones too. Um, yeah, so let's have a look around and I'll tell you more about it uh, in a moment. See how long, how old this place is. The trees are, are growing over some of the gravestones. It's an amazing place. I really, I really love it. And you see that chimney over there? Let me focus in on it. A little bit higher. Now, when I picked this place, I thought that might be something that comes up because uh, it's very prominent in the landscape. But uh, yeah, we'll see if you didn't pick up on the on the gravestones and those trees, man. I love those trees. They just, like I said, in the in the newer part, just reach up into the heavens. They're ancient. It's awesome. Okay, let me find a place to put down the tripod, and I'll tell you more about this place. Hello again, adventurers in Woo Woo. So, um, so you're asking why did I decide this place? Well, look, it's. Uh, the old in the newer part was the synagogue. This is the old, uh, the older cemetery. A lot of the graves uh, here, like the the kind of newest graves, are like World War II era. So a little, just a, a very quick bit of history. It's a very, it's centre of Europe. So there was a lot of 
to and fro. Um, in the 1700s, uh, Poland was divided in three between uh, Russia, uh, Germany and the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Uh, this part, uh, Cheshire, was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and uh, just coming up then towards World War One, World War Two, there was lots of uh, Jewish people lived here and of course then you know, World War Two happened and uh, the Gestapo rounded them up and the Nazis and killed a lot of them and and then unfortunately as well after World War II uh, the Soviets took over well there, were, well there was Soviet influence on Poland over Poland and um, so because the communists were so anti-religion a lot of the Jews who did survive World War II were just expelled and, and told to go to you know, wherever America or, or Israel for example and um Look, I just, I, I just like coming down here. It's a very peaceful place. I'm a bit weird. I, I like the kind of serenity and peacefulness of, of graveyards. Um, you're never as safe as in a graveyard. No one's ever going to touch you. And if they do, then you have the right to freak out. Um, I just like the place. I like how old it is. I, I, I like going around to the graves, even though I don't understand a word of Hebrew some of the stuff is written in Polish though and uh, yeah I just I hope you liked it uh, I hope some some of you picked up on it maybe the trees I know I, I keep saying that they reach up to the heavens I really like that um, there's the chimney in the distance you might have picked up on that I don't know hopefully on the graves which is this, so maybe the, the, the temple the synagogue or this building here which was used um, for funerals so uh, yeah, that's that's. I think that's pretty much it for me. So my name's Spud Murphy. It was lovely to uh, be part of this, and uh, take care. You can listen to my podcast if you like stand-up comedy, and if you don't, that's cool too. All right, goodbye. So as you can see from that, we got a number of hits. We got um, the, in particular, I feel Frank and Friends on Reddit got really, really close, and Truth Seeker did as well. And to be fair, I kind of uh, hit on a few things as well. And you might go, well, they're kind of similar. They're not similar uh, enough, you know, to be really impressed. But think of it this way. Of all the wide-ranging places that Spud could have gone to, the, the, the fact of seeing Stone and even mentioning things like Isolated, where pe- people were, you know, there but not there that day, and all, all of the different things that we've talked about in the different kind of um, remote viewings, it's all very specific and it's all pretty much on target. Now, there's no kind of clear picture. No one mentioned the name or that it was a graveyard or, you know, the exact place it was. Or, you know, if you were describing it for an artist to draw, none of the descriptions of the remote viewing would exactly have been, you know, a perfect thing. But I think it's pretty impressive the fact that it would even got anywhere close, particularly for doing this... Well, uh, doing it, you know, like for the first couple of games. I know some of these people that have been doing it a while, even though they would say they're new too. So I think that's pretty impressive. And um, again, as I say, it's a game, so it's not proving anything. And it was never the, the kind of idea to, to try and prove or uh, remote viewing. Remote viewing is pretty much proved anyway. It's just that it has that whole thing of you need extraordinary evidence for extraordinary claims for it to be accepted in the wider scientific community. But it probably has enough proof that if it was anything other than that woo-woo would be totally accepted by mainstream science. But um, look into that for, uh, yourself and make your own decision on that. So what I would like to do is maybe do more of these things, but not every week because that would get, uh, I assume, pretty boring and, uh, you know, try and mix things up here. So maybe do it once a month. And Spud said he would definitely do his stuff with us again. Um, I think that's good because it allows me to do it rather than me just going to a location. I can get involved in these games 
and uh, you know feel part of it too rather than just being left out but then we have to find some way of getting uh, Spud involved too so that he can do it he might just be a really good transmitter um, rather than a receiver he mightn't just have that uh, you know that natural ability but he might and you know it's just something that he has to develop and if we constantly have him as a transmitter he will never you know use the muscle of receiving too so let me know your feedback i'll put the links to the, the reddit page so you can read through the things yourself the rest of the things either can through private messages or on facebook or youtube and stuff like that so they're all a bit all over the place but um if you're coming in later obviously after we've done this um, please still uh, put in your uh, impressions that you got and stuff like that and you know don't worry so much that uh, it appears like cheating it's you know there's no prize for this so ultimately if you cheat it's on you you know it doesn't account for no loss in, in one sense but uh you know do as you wilt so yeah give me your feedback tell me how you get on Sit, tell me where we went wrong are you impressed by this kind of results that we got um, is there a better approach to doing these games is there some way you'd like to you know uh, or you think we could get more involved do more things all of that all of that kind of feedback stuff that you can think of let me know and then in a couple of weeks we'll do another one So I think I actually found somewhere where I can record that's semi-quiet and away from people. Although, immediately upon finding it, I did see someone uh, walking her dog. And then uh, someone started sawing. Uh, concrete sawing, just over there. But, <clears throat> here we are. We're in a little hollow, in a little wooded area, just beside the River Dee. Um, it's very magical, it's very lovely. It's broken, the magic is broken only by the fact that there's a housing estate right there. But if I never show it in the video or mention it or talk it, you will just think this is magical. So, today I want to talk a bit about this. Now some of you, a lot of you should already know what this is and you're either groaning or you're uh, cheering possibly. I don't know, not cheering, but um, you know what it is. It's basically, it's the half peeled orange. Before 40 Servants, before Adventures and Woo, before any of these things, the half-peeled orange game was probably what I was most kind of notorious for, particularly in CMG, which is Chaos Magic Group on Facebook. And it was a game that I did in CMG to try and test out people's manifesting powers. Now, it's originally not my idea, um, as much as people think it is. I seen it on Reddit and stole it. I certainly popularised it but uh, the genesis of the idea is not mine, is by a person, about four or five years ago on Reddit, called Utah Train, I think is the, the username, I'll have it up on screen anyway, um, who came up with this idea. And then I ran with it, and it's become very successful. And the game essentially is, that using whatever means, magical means, you want, be that sigils, invocations, demons, angels, prayer, or any of the things you want, you manifest a half-peeled orange. Why a half-peeled orange? Well, the reason is that you're aiming for something that's, while uh, it's quite likely, because oranges are quite ubiquitous, you know, and there's oranges all around us, apart from people telling me there's no oranges near me, um, I just assumed that everyone had to kind of, everyone in the kind of 
first scoreless would have access to oranges, but maybe it's sometimes that's not the case. But it was something that would be easily see that would be out there, so that it wasn't a, an impossible target, like say manifesting a lottery win or the jackpot lottery win. But adding the half peel to it gives it enough of a twist, enough of a u- uniqueness that you'll know it's the magic when you see it so that you know whatever you've done has manifested. Because while oranges are quite um, familiar and everyday to us, a half peel one is less so, but it's not out of the bounds of possibility. So it's a good kind of magical manifesting target. But uh, kind of one of the couple of the problems that people come up with, and the thing that I've learned uh, from doing these games a lot, is that people's tolerance or kind of their where they allow a hit in this game varies very much. I would say to get it, you have to have a half-peeled orange. That's it. And um, somewhere in your life has to appeal. The rules are that you can't ask anyone else to peel it for you, and you can't do it yourself. And then you get loads of people coming. It's you know because it's self-regulated. There's like no you decide if you what's a win for you. But people like think limes or not even half-peeled lime, just a lime, um, orange juice. Uh, some orange peel just on the side of the road, a picture of an orange on Facebook. All of these things have been uh, put forward as hits. And if that's if you're happy with that as your magical manifestation power in your head, good for you. That's not the kind of it does not kind of defeat the purpose of the game, which is a very specific kind of manifesting you're looking for. And um, the other thing that people do is that they get very cocky or they get very um weird about it in that to go I wouldn't waste my time in this or it's too easy or the easiest way to do it is just go and do it yourself completely avoiding the whole thing of that the point of it is that it's a game and you're not one of the rules of the game is that you don't go and do it yourself but people have this kind of thing that they just want to show uh, like in magic circles in a chaos magic group how kind of magical thinking or doing magical ideas or magic games is somehow stupid or dumb it's, it's, it's mind-boggling um, but it, it kind of it taught me that not all chaos magicians not all occultists actually believe in the woo-woo of magic and I'm not convinced on the woo-woo of magic either I definitely can see a benefit to it and it gets results but mostly I, I see it from a psychological point of view there certainly appears at times to be woo-woo-ness to it as well but I don't dismiss it and I'm quite open to all these things and some people come across these when they see these type of games that they're very dismissive of manifesting say or getting these things and the whole idea of if you take a game or it says you can't do it yourself or ask someone else to do it and then you make a deliberate point of going well it's so easy I just went in and asked my wife to peel an orange um, I was going, but that's not the game it's, that's you know magic is doing the thing that's the easiest way think of it this way if you were like uh, playing basketball the easiest thing to do is get a step ladder stand up and drop the ball into the hoop it's not have five players in the other team. It's not <laughs> running around trying to get the ball and none of those things. That's the most efficient thing. But that's not the game. So if you say to someone, I want you to play basketball and I want you to you know, get that ball in the hoop. And they go, oh yeah, I understand the rules of games. But I choose to do the most efficient thing by getting a step ladder. It seems ridiculous in that kind of way when you see it that way. But yet it's, it happens such an amount in CMG that people would do that. That I ended up having to put um, like a, a thing in it. A lot of cool kids will want to um, just, you know, get someone to do it or break the rules or do it their own way. And that's fine. It happens often that it's obviously a thing people like doing. Um, but it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. So that's the two kind of big things I took away from that. How uh, What people accept as a win is um, very odd and it's very, um, it says an awful lot about 
I suppose the, each person in a way what they you know set out to do what the plan was and then what they accept as a, a successful result um, and then this kind of revolt against the whole idea of doing it even within occult circles so the game for this week if you choose to accept it is to manifest a half peeled orange by whatever means mastery, uh, necessary or whatever means you want sigils you know sit worship whatever it is that you do um, don't ask anyone else to do it don't write it on a piece of paper and hand it to someone else to do it. don't you know go with the spirit of the game don't do it yourself like I, obviously I did this myself and uh, see if you can do it and it's way harder than you you think it is and people go oh that's so easy to do I wouldn't waste my time and try it see if it's, it's so easy to do and then uh, send me a picture of it and if you think a lime is a good enough um, win, then you can send me a picture of that too as well. So that's it, the half-peeled orange game. It's good fun, it's something we did a lot in CMG, something I became uh, fairly well known for. Um, again, not my idea originally, and I'm credit what credit is due. And uh, yeah, so let me know how you get on with it. Um, and take it, as I say, in the spirit of the game as it's meant to. As you can hear, the buzzsaw is back, so I'll take that as my cue to uh, finish up. So I had a really, really nice surprise this week um, when I came home one of the days. I found an Amazon package there and I had just recently ordered some books for my mum and I assumed they were, you know, this had finally arrived. These books were a bit late and there they were. So I kind of sat on my couch for most of the day and then I goes, oh, well, I better open these up and I'll take a photo and I'll send it to my mother so that she can see that her books have arrived. But when I opened them, they weren't books. And what I quickly discovered was that someone, some uh, amazing person, one of the better people of the universe, had uh, gone to my um, support page that's open adventuresandwooboo.com and bought some stuff for me off my Amazon wish list, which was just like, it put me in such good mood. Like it just, obviously enough, because it just like it was such a big lift or whatever that someone would do that. Like, I mean, I put up the page that the kind of um, the wish list in the kind of sense, well, hoping that, you know, someone would, but in a kind of a way that, oh, it's just something you do and you see people doing and that, that do people ever, you know, actually get people buying stuff from it? Do people do that? Turns out that there there is people who do it. And it was genuinely one of those moments where, like, I can't really describe it, but it's just it massively uplifting, soul-enriching and... Um, you know, it just made me feel happy to be alive, I suppose, is, is the best thing. And the stuff that, uh, that was bought, um, you know, it's not cheap stuff. Like, it was, it was pretty expensive stuff. I'll show you some of it. I can't show you it all because I'm actually using it. One of the things was a Tascam DR40, which is an audio recorder, which I'm using right now. I'll show a picture of it from that I robbed from Google. And um, it's brilliant. It allows me to plug in like uh, XLR uh, phantom powered mics. It has a great internal mic. There's, you know, you can record four different sources at once. All of these things. You could probably do a great EVP with it as well. So uh, that's, you know, that's great for especially for doing stuff outside. And, um, you know, a lot of the cameras or a lot of the microphone stuff I have would be attached to the cameras right now. Like my La Lavier mic or the kind of external mic that I have and so you're kind of limited to being in close proxi proximity to the actual uh, video camera to a certain extent but when you have an external mic uh, recorder or an audio recorder you can, you know, you can go miles away and it will still sync up with the video so you can have that classic 
Alan Watts moment of walking up the mountain, talking and lecturing to the world. And by the time you get to the camera, you know, it's, you can see that it's not a voiceover. It's actually him being talking, climbing the mountain the whole way. Not that I'll probably do that. So one of the things that I got, other than that, the Tascam, um, is HD monitor for um, a camera. And I'm going to put this down because I'm very... <laughs> it's... Um, so basically it's for DSLRs or for any kind of camera so with a HDMI out and it's for rather than having to use the small preview sort of flippy screen that's on the camera you use it's like a high quality full HD um, video monitor with earphones out and you know all of these things that will make it really really um, useful to use particularly again going to that thing having to be in a close proximity to the, the camera if you have if you're recording with the DSLR, even with the flippy screen, you kind of have to stay within a certain limit of it to know if you're in focus or not. Now, I know I have a tremendous amount of out-of-focus uh, video on uh, this channel. I do try my best. And having the Osmo Pocket, which I'm recording this on now, um, certainly does make it easier because the autofocus is much better than the Nikon. But because uh, the benefit of having the monitor is you can have the monitor close to you, and you can have the camera away, and you will know if you're in focus or not. So it allows me to use some of my... Um, better lenses um, that I wasn't really able to use for video because um, they would be just too close to me like the, to have the camera close enough so I know my focus would mean that the shot would be too close to me and uh, you know like my 35mm it's a crop sensor so it's a 50mm equivalent and my 50mm um, my great 50mm uh, that uh, William sent me uh, ages ago um, it's, that's the equivalent of 1.5 so it's uh, 75 mil so that you know you need a good bit of distance to have any sort of room around your head and that kind of thing and they're such lovely lenses that they would work really well with video but again until i get the um until you know until i had the monitor i wasn't able to do that kind of thing now of course i still can't use the monitor as yet because i have to wait on a battery to come um and uh because batteries don't come with it because they're or uh, you know, an added expense whatever but it's coming really quick whatever and it's just a minor setback getting the actual HD monitor is brilliant the the hold up of a battery is just you know it's it's not a, a, any kind of a way you can sort of get, put a DC adapter into it and it's an interesting thing that happened in that 27 year old 28 year old Tommy would know exactly the adapter that would be needed for that being that I was entrenched deeply in sound engineering and equipment and all of that but I have no idea now so much so that when I went into the shop the other day to kind of inquire about it or whatever I was like I'm going, I don't really know what I'm talking about but at one stage of my life I absolutely knew all of that kind of thing and it's interesting that that knowledge has just gone away from me so it's working knowledge and stuff that you were you know needed to know at the time and as soon as you don't need to know it you let it go maybe your brain can only have so much storage space or whatever but it's a, it's interesting there's also an added element to it that i'm probably a bit more wary of it now being that it's my own gear and a lot of the times i would have been using other people's gear and being uh, hired out for that kind of thing and so if i put the wrong adapter in it i break my own stuff there's that but i, I still would have um, known basically and that's more more the point the last thing this only arrived today is a uh, DaVinci Resolve 15 studio and this is the dongle version so this you could rather than a serial number you plug it straight into your computer and uh, you know you don't have to worry it's like the old kind of the OG way they used to uh, do anti-piracy stuff but the great thing about DaVinci Resolve is I have been using DaVinci Resolve but it's like the free version of it and so there's like kind of not all the stuff that's in it that uh, 
is in the studio version. It's a great program, even the free one, and can do loads. So if you're looking for um, a good video editing, it's probably more known for its color grading than video editing, but I find it perfect for video ed editing. Uh, color grading is exceptional. You're not going to get uh, be like any other one, any other program's just not going to touch it. There's this thing called Fusion in it, which is a bit like After Effects. I haven't even looked at that, but there seems to be great stuff in it. And there's a whole audio section as well, almost like a full DAW within it, but not really because it's like you can't, there's no musical instruments or anything, that kind of thing. But it's a wonderful program, and that's like that's a license for life. So when you buy DaVinci Resolve, it's not a case of that, you know, you buy this version. So Studio, uh, it's DaVinci Resolve Studio 15, but that's forever. You get DaVinci Resolve forever. Um, and it's not subscription based or any of these things. So that's that's a fantastic present, you know, and it really like it. And it's, it's not, again, and not a, software isn't cheap. Um, and relatively speaking, this isn't even a, 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 that cheap of a software. But it's going to allow me to do so much. So it's this whole thing of the why I put up the, um, you know, the Patreon, why I put up the wish list and all this. It's not just in one sense to be cheeky, although there's like there's always that element of, you know, cheekiness of uh, hopefully someone, you know, will buy you something or give you money to do stuff. But it's more on always has been to up my game so that I can do better things and that I'm, I'm imp constantly improving all the time. So that it's not, it's not like kind of, and people have this thing about Patreon or, or um, not so much now though, which is good. Like, on, well, I'm not paying for your lifestyle or that kind of stuff, you know, while you do, do this. And while I can kind of see that, um, what, what do you think you're paying for people's things when you support an artist or you support someone, you know, like you're paying for them so they can live and they can do this thing. That's the whole point of it. It's, it's their job or, or it's their part-time job or it's even it's, you know, it's just an extended hobby or whatever. But I always try to use the Patreon money and anything that comes in that way uh, for new equipment or new lights. As you can see, I've been messing around with new lights and uh, I spent yeah, quite an amount in Ikea recently on lights. Um, all from Patreon money. And, and you know, so every month, rather than, you know, even paying bills with it or something, which, you know, some months you, you, I, I could probably do it. I try to keep it so that it's always just upping the game, always doing something, always going back into it stuff like that because I think that's a good kind of use of the money and it kind of makes me feel with my Catholic guilt that I'm uh, being fair to people who are you know giving me their hard-earned money and stuff like that kind of just to do what I want to do kind of thing so that I, I'm you know amazingly appreciative so kind of rather than one thing I wanted is this part of the video to thank the person who did that um from the bottom of my heart it, like it, it will go down as one of the real touching moments of my life like and I don't say that lightly like it really I was, I was kind of in in a place where I did the, I really appreciated the lift uh, that's probably the, the best I can say um, but apart from thanking the person again thank you um, I wanted to kind of take this opportunity to generally thank everyone who watches this who supports me all the patrons all the people who talk to me on social media all the people who share my posts all the people in the Ford Servants Facebook group who you know work with Ford Servants all the time and are talking to people about it and spreading the word and basically I'm surrounded by a really bunch of great people and um, I want you all to know that I'm extremely appreciative of that and I don't take it lightly and I don't feel um, like I, I don't feel like that's that, that that's not special I, I understand the situation man, is quite blessed and that it's there's a grace involved to it and uh, and I want to acknowledge that that uh, 
you know, when it comes, I spent so long in a sense in the wilderness of creativity where no one really cared, and you know, not in a, a victim type way, that you know, victim blaming type thing or victim mentality type way. But also, I did like apart from the the kind of playing the victim, I also was creatively in the wasteland, and you know, my stuff was going nowhere. And, I, and when I improved on myself, and when I worked through some shadow stuff and all that, things did open up and all that kind of thing. But that's not to take away from the support and the wonderfulness of the people that I'm around. Like I hear some stories about, you know, how horrible social media is. And I, I can be aware of that and all that. But I find it, and I suppose because I've engineered it in that way, I find it quite wonderful, quite supportive, um, quite nice. And I've had but the people that are kind of gathered around me or that I'm kind of um, in a vibration with are really cool and they're really nice like look at the 47's Facebook group it's a wonderful group there's like it's self-regulating everyone's nice no one takes any shit but not in a bad way it just doesn't happen because of the type of energy that's around it the Discord is exactly the same and you should join the Discord because people are saying well I don't want to do Facebook and I don't want to do Twitter the Discord is picking up and it's doing really well links in the description um, and it's something that I think it'd be really cool. There's a, like a good, it's very active. Like it's not one of those things where you go to it and, you know, every time you go to it, there's no, there's no, no new uh, posts, there's no new threads. Like every day there's good conversations going on. There was a great conversation about H.P. Lovecraft this, this this week that, you know, everyone got to have their say about the whole thing. And, it, that, you know, it's like there's loads of stuff like that. So anyway, I'm, again, as is my want, I'm rambling and uh, going all over the place. But the long and short of it is I feel very blessed. I'm extremely appreciative of, of all of this and the opportunity I have and that I get to do this. Like, I mean, how amazing is that? So, uh, yeah. That's another episode of Adventures Mooboo, and thanks very much for having a watch or a listen if you're out there in podcast land. I always kind of overlook the podcast people, and uh, I shouldn't really, because there's probably as many of you to listen to this in audio as there is on video. Just unfortunately, an awful lot of it doesn't just work strictly on audio, and I'll try to be more cognizant of that and uh, have it that it's easier to listen to or easy to understand if it's video kind of heavy. A couple of other apologies for this week. There's a few pops and uh, toads and distortions in the audio, but overall I think the audio quality is better because of the new Tascam DR40. I just had a mic play some issues and there was a few pops and stuff, so I apologise for that. Hopefully it wasn't too distracting and too annoying. Also, um, as you may have noticed, uh, my voice was extra sexy this week because I have a touch of the lurgy. And, um, it was only when I was uh, going through the videos and listening to it again, I realized just how bad that was. I thought I was over the worst of it when I started doing the recordings, but there is elements there where you can hear them quite nasally and congested and stuff. So I apologize. Hopefully that didn't turn you off your dinner or anything like that. So I will stress again that you should probably join the Discord. That's uh, it's free, so why not? Um, it does involve probably downloading an app to your phone or having a new link on your desktop. Other than that, it, it, this comes absolutely free with no uh, no annoyances. Um, if you don't know what Discord is, it's basically just like a community chat room that has both audio and text kind of chat that was originally set up for gamers, but uh, everyone else has hijacked it, and so there's loads of different communities. There's a number of different occult communities, ghost hunting, oh, the list goes on. That's just kind of, they're like film um, production, video production, anything you can think of, there's probably a Discord server for that. 
And uh, if you don't, if you feel uncomfortable or you don't really know what you're at, you don't feel out of your depth, just join us and ask the people in, uh, that are in the room and they will help you out. Very friendly bunch and very helpful bunch with any, anything, any problems that you may have. Um, if you, all other things, if you want to know what, more about me or more about what we do here, then go to adventuresmoobo.com and all of the information will there is there, including, I just can't speak this week, um, including um, the old podcasts, the 47s, the Four Devils, the Magic Primer, the photography, the artwork, the blogs, all of that kind of stuff, uh, all the links that you could possibly want, all your links to social media, all of those things are there. So, good people of the internet, may you have a wonderful week. May something extra special happen to you. May someone buy you something unexpected out of the blue that warms the cockles of your heart. May you have a wonderful week. Be well.